Well, it's really hard to know about long-term impacts. A lot of that is going to depend on how long the stay-at-home order remains in effect. And I mean, if it lasts a long, long time, it, it could have obviously an effect on our season. I don't, no one expects that, but you just don't know. We are going about the business of uh, continuing to spend money on players. We're, we've been active in free agency and other teams have on the assumption we're going to have a full season and that's how we're going to continue to operate. But you have to be hopeful. You, you know, I think that we seem to be getting more tests out there and I think most Americans are taking seriously the social distancing. Welcome into the lounge. We have another huge guest with us this week. President Dick Cass uh, is joining us to talk about COVID-19 and how it's affecting the Ravens. Um, so once again, we're not going to have time to read your emails, uh, but we but still... Have, they're, they're piling up. They're, they're piling, piling up, but we're not ignoring them. Full. We, we just have them in the mailbox. They're sitting, sitting right there, and we will <laughs> read them uh, later this week, but... When you have great guests like Eric Acosta and Dick Cass, you got to get right to the guests. Exactly. You don't want to keep those people waiting. No, not at all. <laughs> Especially when they sign your paycheck. <laughs> right. <laughs> Particularly then. <laughs> exactly. So we talked to Dick Cass yesterday, and here's our interview with him. Well, Dick, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I, I got to start by asking, when can we come back into the office? Because sure. if I have to eat any more peanut butter and jelly for lunch at home, <laughs> I, I don't know how much longer I could do this. You need to switch to cold. You need to switch to cold cereal. Then you could last longer. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're what's gonna, your? You're going to have to last quite. You're going to have to last quite a bit longer. I mean, I think that, you know, we will. We're continually uh, monitoring the whole situation. Um, we're hopeful that in four weeks, maybe people can come back in some capacity. That's the week of the draft, by the way. Mm. But I think that's unlikely. And, and the reality is we cannot really go back to our offices until we get the all clear signal from Governor Hogan or the federal government that it's safe to do so. And Governor Hogan issued a, another order today telling a number of businesses to close down that were not already closed. So I don't think it's, it's gonna, we obviously have not reached the peak in Maryland yet. And so it's gonna be a while longer. Yeah, so, so what's your bunker look like at home? And, and uh, how are you kind of staying safe? Well, you know, my wife and I are at the age where we don't have little kids here. So we are leading a much more relaxed lifestyle than <laughs> and those of you who may have little children at home. Yeah, so tell me about it. It's very different for us. We, I don't have a, a bunker. We just, I wander around the house wherever I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so does my wife. So we don't have a problem. We've got a dog and, and, and the two of us, and that's all we've got. We're not allowed to visit our grandchildren these days, so we don't do that either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so when all this started, Dick, and I think everybody across the entire world is, is kind of trying to come to grips with it and figure out uh, how best to handle it, how did you take in all that information and weigh all of that when making decisions about essentially closing the office and telling employees to work from home and having scouts and, and coaches um, not in the building as well? Well, I think it was just obviously made common. It was common sense. Everybody around the country was beginning to do it. Uh, we had to do it. I think people looked to us to set an example and we have to set that example. So it was, it, it was an easy decision. I mean, it really started uh, that amazing night when the NBA 
uh, canceled the game midstream and then canceled the rest, suspended the rest of their season. And it sort of um, just became obvious that we had to do the same thing. So we've done it. I mean, there are exceptions to, I mean, essentially all of our employees are now working from home and have been um, since a week ago today. Um, the, but began, remember, free agency began last Monday as a practical matter when you could uh, do legal tampering, as they say, around the league. So we had to have some staff in the building all week to deal with free agency. So the general, you know, Eric is there. John was in and out. A couple of guys working on contracts and a couple of the scouts who are really principally look at other prof at professional football players, they are there as well. We have to have a trainer there because while players are not allowed in the building, there is an exception for players who are rehabbing from surgery. So we have four or five guys who are coming in for rehab and we are, we are allowed to do that. And we have a trainer there to work with them and someone in the weight room. So when they go into the weight room, there's someone there. Um, we have to have a couple people who receive the mail and deliveries because we're still getting a lot of mail and a lot of deliveries. And we have uh, a couple of employees who are constantly cleaning the building, mm. you know, wiping down everything and using a lot of Lysol and other cleaning fluids. So, so there's a, and then we have a couple of employees who are serving box lunches and that sort of thing. So we've got a skeletal crew, crew there and that will continue to be the case um, until the week of the draft. We may have to bring more people in on the week of the draft to finalize preparations for that and actually to engage in the draft, which as we all know will not be in Las Vegas any longer, but we're still gonna have a draft. We have to um, you know, be ready to put in our draft picks and we have a lot of draft picks. Mm -hmm. right. I'm curious, you brought up the rehab. How do you have rehab with players and still have social distancing? It's, it's difficult. There's, you know, <laughs> they try to, but they can direct people what to do. Right. Um, but there is some touching. Yeah. And so they're not much, but a little bit. And so we're very careful and wiping down, wearing gloves and that sort of thing. Right. So, so in what, what are the biggest ways that, that COVID-19 would you say has Im impacted us uh, in terms of our business operations? Well, you know, first of all, it's just hard to think about business too much in a situation that we're now in. Right. We're, you know, it's so, everyone in our community and around the country is worried about their families and about their coworkers and about their neighbors and their friends. And so it's hard. I mean, one of the problems is just to focus on business. So for example, to focus on free agency, it, it was more difficult uh, than it normally would be. And it, years past, that would seem to be the most important thing in the whole world. It, it didn't seem all that important this year. And that's true throughout business operations. We're trying to go through our normal budgeting process, which is what we do this time of year. And I meet with all the department heads and we talk about the budget. Um, and we've been doing that remotely and that's been working well. But it's very unusual because we also have to plan for all sorts of contingencies that we normally wouldn't plan for. Um, and so, you, you know, we're also talk a lot about reassuring employees that their jobs are safe their pay is safe and their benefits are safe because that's not true for many, uh, many people around the country. As we know, there are a lot of layoffs happening and fortunately we, you know, we are not going to be doing that, but it's, it's a reality for many. 
So the business operations are, are unusual and different uh, and challenging in many different ways. We're spending a lot of time talking about how to, um, what we can do in our own community uh, to alleviate the suffering by the people most in need. And so we did, uh, we and the Stephen Renee Bashotti Foundation gave a million dollars to, a total of a million dollars to four organizations, 250,000 each last Friday. And we're getting bombarded with requests for help. And, um, you know, I, we're not going to do anything in the, more in the next week or so, but we'll be continuing to look at that and sift through those requests and see what we can do. In addition to just continuing our ongoing charitable donations to a number of organizations in the Baltimore area, this is not the time we can afford to um, you know, not, not do what we normally do. So we're trying to keep business as normal as, as best we can. We don't want to, you know, we're still paying people to come in and, and clean the building at night. They, those guys need work too. That's an outside contractor. Uh, we still are paying for maintenance of the grounds. That's also an outside contractor that needs work. So there's, there's things like that we have to think about and worry about. Right. Yeah. Along, you know, you, you, you mentioned the million dollar uh, donation into the community. I'm curious how that, that came together. I mean, that was something that happened quickly. Um, what goes on behind the scenes when you're obviously it's a significant amount of money. You have to sift through where that money goes and, and make sure that it's, uh, you know, goes to the right organizations. Um, just what, what are the conversations that are going on behind the scenes before you're in position to make that kind of donation to those organizations? Well, Heather Darney, our Director of Community Relations, was in discussions with a lot of people who hold comparable positions at, at the largest companies in Baltimore. So we're in touch with those other companies to see what they were thinking and doing. Um, we have relationships with a number of nonprofits, so we reached out to them. Heather reached out to some. Brandon Etheridge reached out to the Baltimore Community Foundation where he serves on the board. We heard from the United Way of Central Maryland uh, with whom we've done a lot of work. Um, Heather spoke to the Maryland Food Bank, United Way, uh, and the Fund for Educational Excellence, which is a nonprofit foundation that supports uh, the Baltimore City Public School System. And we have worked with all four of those nonprofits on a number of projects over a number of years. So what we decided to do was uh, to give to those four nonprofits because we know their experience in dealing with emergency situations. They know their respective communities extremely well. They're well-respected organizations. They know what they're doing. And we really believe that, that it was best for us to give out our money quickly, give it to them, and let them use it uh, to alleviate whatever, whatever they could relating to the COVID-19 crisis. And we knew we were confident they could do it quickly uh, and get the money directly without charging fees and overages and all the other things that some nonprofits do. So that's why we did it uh, to them. So I think it, it made a lot of sense for us um, and we're confident they're gonna make, our, make good use of our funds. I think it's really cool that, uh, you know, this, this disease uh, is really impacting a lot of people, you know, with not a whole lot of money, you know, uh, they, they are getting hit worse because of this, because a lot of kids rely on school for food. And um, so I, I think that's really cool that this is going to help out people who 
unlike us, you know, who are, who are privileged. And, and like you said, you know, we're lucky as Ravens employees where we're not going to miss a paycheck. And that's something we shouldn't take for granted. But a lot of people don't have that, that luxury and, and don't know where their next meal is going to come from or rely on the school to provide it. So I think it's really cool that, that these organizations that we donated to really address that issue. They do like the Fund for Educational Excellence, along with the Baltimore City Public School System, is making sure that the students and their families are getting food. Right. And so that's critically important. Right. And the Maryland Food Bank does a great job as well. Right. I'm curious from a business perspective. I mean, you talked about budgets and, and setting what those budgets are. This is now also a time when our ticket sales operations goes out and approaches people about buying PSLs and, and whatnot. And we have a lot of people coming to us about that as well. You know, when, when the community is struggling or a lot of people or many people in the community are struggling financially, how do you go about that? Well, our first uh, payment deadline was March 15 and a lot of people had paid before then. So the coronavirus didn't affect that first payment uh, very much. In fact, we had roughly 85% of our season ticket base made a down payment on their season ticket price at before March 15th, on or before March 15. Um, uh, for, there were some who want to stay as season ticket holders who did not make a payment. We're reaching out to them to see if they didn't make the payment because of financial issues uh, arising out of the coronavirus or anything else. So we're going to work with them um, and see what we can do with them. We had, we had initially decided we would, we would charge a late fee uh, if you didn't make a payment by March 15. That was the decision we made back in January. And we waive those late fees for anyone who did not make an initial payment. So we're not charging late fees. Our next payment, our final payment date is uh, May 15. Um, we obviously have to be sensitive to what's going on in the community. There's a lot of people who are being inc incredibly affected by, uh, by this crisis and may not have the funds available to complete their purchase of their season tickets. Um, we, you know, we haven't announced any extension yet. I don't know it'll be necessary, but I, I expect it will be. And we're going to wait a week or so and make a decision on that on whether to extend the May 15 date. But, you know, we're dealing with a lot of season ticket holders who've been with us for 20 years. And we don't want to lose them because of a crisis that is occurring this year. So we're going to work with them and see what we can do. And hopefully uh, we can work something out that works for everybody. It's not the right time to be bombarding them with ads for to buy tickets and uh, and to sell PSLs. Mm -hmm. We are doing that discreetly because there's an interest and we're responding, um, but it's uh, it's it's much more limited than it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. So when you think uh, kind of beyond this next I don't know few weeks and months, do you expect this to have kind of long lasting? Uh, a long-lasting impact on the organization, you know, in terms of um, beyond just these few weeks where employees are out of the building and um, there's been changes in terms of operationally, like do you expect this to have any sort of long-lasting impact on the organization? There's either how, how things are done, you know, uh, it, can, it could be a, a lot of different things, but I'm just curious if it has a significant impact long-term. Well, it's really hard to know uh, about long-term impacts. A lot of that is going to depend on how long the stay-at-home order remains in effect. And I mean, if it lasts a long, long time, it, it could have obviously an effect on our season. I don't, no one expects that, but you just don't know. 
So it's really, it's premature to guess what the long-term impacts will be, I think. Um, you know, we are going about the business of uh, continuing to spend money on players. We're, we've been active in free agency and other teams have on the assumption we're going to have a full season and that's how we're going to continue to operate. We're not going to limit our spending on players. I think as most of our fans know, our spending is essentially limited by the salary cap and that'll continue to be the case this year as well. So I, I think in that regard, from a fan's perspective, they're not going to see a lot of changes. They're not going to, I think it's very, very unlikely they're going to see any players at our facility in Owings Mills uh, this spring. I just don't think the OTAs are going to happen at all. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping we can get some players in in June, uh, but I'm, I'm sort of doubtful of that. So that's a change. Um, the next big date for the players, of course, will be the opening of training camp. We're all hopeful that will that will not be delayed. Yeah, I think that what's interesting about this is I'm sure that a lot of people are coming to you since you're making these big decisions and, and you have to almost play the role of, of doctor or health expert, right? I mean, to make, <laughs> to make these projections, do you have a lot of, a lot of people, all right, so Dick, you know, when, when are we going to be, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? Do you have a lot of that? You know, I do, but, you know, obviously <laughs> I have no answers. No one has any answers. <laughs> right. I mean, no one in the federal government and Governor Hogan doesn't. Nobody really knows how long this is going to go on. Right. I mean, you can, look, you can look to countries like China and South Korea, and they can see light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but they've done, they did things that our country did not do. And so maybe it'll take us a little bit longer. So, but you have to be hopeful. You, you know, I think that we seem to be getting more tests out there. And I think most Americans are taking seriously the social distancing instruction. Although you see young people out on the beach in Florida and California last weekend, and it's kind of astounding to me, but. You know, I swear we, we I have not been on a beach stick. If I have to show you my lack of tan, I'll, I can do that. I may, I may give a tan test when we get back to the office. <laughs> Ryan, you gave yourself too much credit there though. He, he said young people. I'm not sure you follow Whoa. that category anymore. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now you guys are no longer young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he loves you and too, Garrett. Yeah, come on, you guys. Come on. I like to make, make old jokes about Mink, but now I'm falling into it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> do, do you think, Dick, that, that uh, when players come back, because, you know, once testing becomes more widely available, I think then we'll have a lot more knowledge in which to operate off of and make decisions, right? That yeah. That when yes. when yes. when players do come back, do you think it's going to be all right? We're testing everybody on the team, and it, and you're not obviously allowed back until you get a, a negative uh, result from that. You know, I hopefully there'll be enough tests available. You can do that. We obviously could not do that right now. We right. can't we can't test our players. They're not eligible to be tested, um, and it's not enough to test the players. You'd have to test everybody who's going to be close to the players. Right. I could see a situation where once the regular season begins um, that players will get tested on the day of a game and everyone down who's touching the players and in the locker room will get tested on the day of a game. I, I could see that happening, mm. uh, something like that, if there are enough, enough tests available. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. I hope there are, but I, I don't know. It's impossible. Right now, I mean, obviously there's not enough tests to go around. Right. Do you think, do you think there's any, and you know, if you don't want to answer hypotheticals, I totally get it. Do you think there's any chance that the, the NFL could play games without fans? Like, you know, the NBA was talking about. 
I, I really don't know. I really yeah. don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so hard to, to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, it's really hard to know. I think um, it seems to me unlikely, but it's possible. I think what the NBA taught us is the idea of, of playing a game without fans is not enough to protect the players mm-hmm. and the coaches and the trainers. Um, and so I don't know, unless you can test people, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that'll work. So I, I think if you're going to have, if we're in a situation where people don't feel it's self safe to have large crowds congregating, but it might be safe to have players playing the game, they will only probably reach that conclusion if you can in fact test each player mm-hmm. um, each week, each before each game, really. Right. So well, and then how do they practice? Do you test them before every practice in which they're close to each other? You, would, you would probably do more, you know, make sure to do some kind of screening about fever or other symptoms uh, every day. Yeah. Of everybody who comes into the building every day. Right. Wow. Without giving them a test. Right. Right. So in the midst of all of the coronavirus, uh, I guess, chaos, uh, one thing of good news was on the NFL front was the, the CBA. Um, you know, was reached. And so there's going to be another 10 years of, of labor peace, which I'm, I know everyone's excited about. What was your reaction to when you heard that uh, it, it had gone through, it had passed? And, uh, you know, what do you think is the best deal, uh, uh, the best part of the CBA uh, for the team, for the players? Well, I think it's, I think it's a really 11 years because it's, it's 2020 plus right. another 10. So it's 11 years of labor peace, uh, which I think is outstanding for the teams, uh, the players, and the fans. And I think that's what everyone wants. So that's, that's obviously the best feature of it. I think economically, it's a, I think it's a CBA that'll work for both the teams and the players very well. Um, the, players, they, the players got a higher share of the revenue um, and the teams got a 17th game, which I think is good for the game and the NFL as a whole, because I, I think our fans will enjoy the 17th game. So I, I was happy about that. I, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a well-balanced agreement, um, which is why it took such a long time to negotiate it. And, and frankly, why it was, was not unanimously approved either by um, uh, the, the, the players or the owners. Mm. Right. Mm. What, what would you say is the best part for the Ravens specifically? Well, I think the continuation of the basic economics is really good. Um, we're a small market team. Um, so the basic economics of the league are going to remain unchanged. We have a salary cap system and we have extensive revenue sharing on the national level. That's very important. As long as we have those two principles, um, we and other smaller revenue teams will always have the ability to compete. As a team... Uh, the, Go ahead, Garrett. Uh, on, I mean, the thing that I really like about it is the expanded another team in the playoffs. So, I mean, every year it, the Ravens are in the mix for a playoff spot. And, and we've had some heartbreakers over the past few years where it have been right there on the cusp. You know, we can remember the, the Bengals game and the Steelers game. Um, but right there. Now, if you add another playoff spot, I just feel like this puts this team that's always in the mix – right there to be in the in the hunt and as we know if you get into the dance anything can happen i agree no i like the idea of the of an additional playoff game as well um i do worry about the fact if you're the a number two seed you could have to host three home playoff games and that could end up being very expensive for our fans i just worry about about that Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean that's that's a 
that's a good problem to have in some ways, but I also worry about it a little bit. Mm. But I do think adding a seventh playoff team in each conference is a, is a, it was the right thing to do, and it's going to be exciting. That's this year. Yeah, so yeah, that'll be it's fun. Fun. It's going to be fun. So, Dick, just to uh, kind of wrap things up here, I'm I'm curious, big picture. What I mean, coronavirus obviously is a huge attention uh, thing that's grabbing a lot of attention right now, but. What concerns you most about the current situation? Um, and then part B, what are you most excited about uh, with the Ravens as, as we move forward in this offseason? Well, I'm most excited about, you know, what the, the players we're bringing back and the team we're bringing back. We managed to hold on to um, both coordinators. So to have both your offensive and defensive coordinators coming back for another year when they both did such an outstanding job last year force is is very important uh james urban is coming back our quarterback coach um so our coaching staff is really intact and strong and that's that's very important uh and then we got we have lamar coming back our offense is essentially coming we're going to miss marshall yana there's no doubt about that but we still got lamar coming back we've got two two wide receivers who were rookies last year uh, they're going to be much better this year. I think our tight ends will take yet another step forward, even without Hayden Hurst. So I'm really excited about that. Defense, you know, I think we've helped ourselves there. You know, we've completed the Calais Campbell deal because of the coronavirus situation. We haven't yet been able to complete the Brockers deal. You know, we've still got some physical. We have to – he's got to pass our physical. Still working on that. But um, – I'm pleased at where we are. We brought, we signed. I think when you think about our, our team, you can't rem- forget about all the guys that we signed during the season last year and have now extended and brought back. I mean, Marcus Peters. Um, I mean, Chuck Clark was already on our team, but we extended him. All right. Bringing, Ricard. Back, uh, and Ricard is another guy we extended. We're bringing back uh, Allison Ward, who are, I think will play an important role for us this year. So, you know, we, and, uh, and A.J. Fort as well was another guy we, we extended who we signed last year. So we've got a, we've got a strong nucleus, and um, we've got good draft capital. We've got a number of our first-round pick, two second-round picks, two third-round picks, two fourth-round picks. And that's a lot of picks in the first four rounds, five picks in the first three rounds. So that's, that's exciting, and we can do a lot with that. And uh, – I believe it's going to be a very strong draft class. So I'm excited about all of that. <clears throat> in, t- in terms of the downside, the only, it's just the uncertainty. You know, I think it's going to be a struggle for, for everybody in our country to deal with this uncertainty. I think for an organization like the Ravens, it's just difficult because we're not all together and trying to keep people engaged and excited and keep morale up. That's a, that's a real problem. I mean, social distancing can also lead to self-isolation, which is a real, you know, it's a problem. And I think we have to come up with creative ways to keep all of us engaged and with each other and talking to each other and interacting with each other. And that'll be a challenge. I mean, I think we're going to be out at least the next four weeks. And, it, and it, I think it's likely to be longer than that. And so we, gotta, we have to work hard at staying connected. So that, that is a challenge, and in the a, in a, in a social distancing is the real problem. Right, right. Yeah, I, I will admit, Dick, that before I left, I did take a small tub of the homemade peanut butter 
And I, <laughs> and I have now gotten to the bottom of that. I'm, I'm, my reserves are tapped. You're, you are not allowed to go back to the building to refill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they send out those Don't emails. Don't even ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were talking about you and the peanut butter make when that was included in the emails. Can't come yeah. back to stock up on supplies. That's, that's not essential for working from home. I didn't <laughs> peanut, butter, peanut butter and orange juice don't count. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dick. Please do stay safe. Uh, we're asking everybody out there, stay home as much as humanly possible. Uh, we want to nip this thing in the bud and, and flatten the curve. Uh, exactly. That's exactly. right. Uh, so, Dick, thank you so much for joining us, and, and do stay safe. Thank you. Same to you guys. Take care now. Bye-bye. I'll tell you, Gary, and we've said this a million times, all of us, Michelle and everybody, we are very fortunate to have Dick Cass uh, and the leadership that he's provided for this organization, not just for us individually. I mean, like we said, we're still being paid, and that mm -hmm. is, that's amazing. You know, I, I would be, I would be stressing out right now if that were not the case. Um, so we're, we're extremely fortunate and, and we're just blessed to have Dick Cass. Yeah. I mean, I think that we've talked before about, you know, leadership when it comes to his, the, the football and a lot of times when people talk about the Ravens organization, they say classy organization, first class organization. You heard it with Calais Campbell when we did the interview with him and yep. Tony Jefferson was telling him it's first class all the way. And, um, uh, you know, obviously that starts with Dick or it starts with Steve, but then from the business side, uh, and even on the football side, Dick, it creates that culture. And, um, we are very, like you said, very fortunate to have him, um, steering the ship, um, as we're dealing with this difficult time, uh, not just in the NFL, but, but globally. Yep. How, how are you looking, uh, right now in your, are, have you been indoors exclusively here? I mean, I've gone out, it's important to get some sunshine. It is important to get fresh air. So you're so, taking some walks. What's this look like? Yeah, I've got I've got a park near the house. So yeah, I've definitely I've definitely um, been outside. You know, I, I think I actually think that's key. If you are exclusively inside and never get fresh air or never get any sort of like nature time, uh, yeah. sun that that is not good for the body. Yeah. Well, this this is just code to me that we're definitely running the suntan check on you, big boy. Uh, no, oh, suntan, yeah. no suntan check. Oh yeah, you are pasty. You are pasty, my friend. So we will tell easily when we get back. How well, much time, that's, how that's, much time you've been working from the beach? I have not been to the beach. I don't been to the beach. I mean, I guess if you're in Florida, but I have definitely not been to the beach. I'm not, you're not going to see me in any of those videos of the spring breakers. Have you um, have you seen any of the videos of the uh, Italian like mayors and stuff like that in Italy, like going out and just finding people and just yelling at them? They're just ripping them a new one and uh, being like, "Go home." I haven't seen that, uh, but it, it doesn't surprise me. It does not surprise me. I am not going to be in any of those videos. That's for sure. I am. I, I mean, I'm a. I'm staying inside. I would say you know, 23 and a half hours a day. Uh, but sometimes it's nice to get out and just walk around um, yeah. and get some fresh air. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Good luck with your stir craziness at home, everybody. But that's better than the alternative. Stay home. Go for a walk. If you bump into Downing, stay a little bit away from me too. Six feet away. Six, Six feet, feet away. away. I, I've definitely had some awkward moments walking around the neighborhood and being like, you know, who's got the right of way here? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. So. It's a it's an awkward time, weird time, um, and and a really tough time for a lot of people. And uh, we we're pulling for you all and hoping this comes to an end as soon as possible. So 
Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you tomorrow.